some creativity. creativity for the society. The Process Podcast. Process Podcast, episode 122, and today, Zach, we're joined by Bandits. A, a full Ooh. band. Different I from a full band. the Bandits. We got, this is like the biggest podcast we've ever done. There's six people in total in this thing. It's us, plebs, and then four musicians, band members in, I was about to say alphabetical order, but I don't think I can do alphabetical order like this. I'm not good with letters. We got <laughs> Chris Goodman, Chris Ma, Josh Moore, and Sam Downey with us today hey how's it going hey hey hello clap that in clap that in (laughs) thank you thank you we had like a about an hour of technical difficulties but that's kind of life that's okay nothing wrong with that how are we doing today boys pretty good you know you know living life having a good time literally (laughs) (laughs) so i'm trying to think who how did we get in contact with you guys in the first place? Uh, Sawyer, right? to figure out. I believe our friend, common friend Sawyer, does a lot of our uh, video work and camera work, contacted Zach and was just a hero for us because he heard Zach was doing his podcast and everything and just asked if he wanted to have us on. I think Zach has a little bit of backstory. Yeah, did you? Uh, did I tell you, Chris, about the how the universe was, you know? I think you were telling me a bit about it, yeah. Literally, I, me and Dylan finished recording one night, and I was telling them, like, oh, I got to get uh, my buddy Sawyer on, and I got to get Chris on. And two cool areas of, like, creativity that we hadn't really talked about a whole lot, so we're like, got to get these guys on. And I told Dylan, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Sawyer and see what's up. As soon as we finish recording, I go upstairs, I make a tea, I come downstairs, and I have a missed call from Sawyer out of nowhere. So I call him back and I'm like, hey man, what's up? And he's like, good man. I was just wondering, you know, like this, I've been checking out the podcast and it's really cool. Um, I was, I was wanted to ask you if it's like, if you just talk about design or you like opened other like creative things, I'm like, no fucking way. No way did you just say <laughs> that because I'm like, literally about to call you. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh my God, I was just about to call you to ask if you and, and Chris be on. Then he was like. Yeah, and then it was going to be you two, and then he's like, no, you got to get the full band on. We're like, fuck yeah, let's get the full band on. Collective consciousness, man. Well, thank you to both of you. Weird, right? Mm-hmm. No, 100%. It was like, as soon as Zach told me that you, Chris, there's two Chris's in here, by the way. So there's Chris yeah. and then Chris Ma. Wait. I like Chris Ma. Chris Ma is like a good, Chris Ma's it pretty rolls cool. off the tongue well. Chris Ma. Yeah. Christmas. It rolls, yeah, it rolls off the tongue. Every <laughs> yeah. year at Christmas, every, someone goes, hey, Christmas, and I go. <laughs> I thought about uh, this year, not going to lie. so how did all you guys get together to form and another thing was we were told not to call you guys the bandits we were warned it was specifically specifically bandits bandits. none of that none of that extra three letter three letter bullshit at the beginning well uh how'd you guys get together in the first place probably like well me and josh met each other through school he was in the music program i was in the journalism program just started playing music together uh we played in another band and then decided that we wanted to write some of our own stuff individually and started writing away songs and eventually after moving away from the school into our own place 
we had like our backyard bash kind of festival thing in our backyard with some of the other local bands. And we needed a name for our act because we were going to play. So we came up with Bandits. And yeah, from there, like, like if we want to be a band, we need like leads and we need bass and other things because it was just me and Josh playing guitars. So we got Sam on bass because he's awesome. Good friend. He's jumps around on stage. He's a legend. Uh, and then yeah. <laughs> like we were like, who's going to play guitar? And yeah, Chris Ma is a f- fucking legend on guitar. And we are friends with him as well. He was in my production classes. And uh, yeah, just from there, we got together, started jamming. And I think everybody saw the potential of it. And from there, yeah. That's crazy. It's just. And how long ago? How long ago was that? That that started? Oh, probably just like I don't know. It's like just before that? COVID. Like yeah, like, yeah, or... like as we started getting together, basically when COVID started. But like no way. Even like me and Chris started playing together like two and a half years ago, writing like the basic like, songs that we don't even play of bands anymore. But it's uh. It's just the idea, like the yeah, the birthing of. Like, it took us like that. We want to do something. To get our yeah. stuff together and realize we need all this and the pandemic. Yeah, and it, like it just so happened. Like it, is, it gave us a perfect opportunity to bunker down and mm-hmm. create right. yeah, a bunch of songs with the guys. Those and, two, Josh and Chris, lived with each other. How long have you guys have been living with each other? Like two, three years now. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah wow. So they just wrote. Yeah. A crap ton of songs and then brought it to us. But what I thought was we cool is like, because nice. we were trying to think of who we wanted to play on lead guitar and like, like thinking of names and stuff. And like, I thought of Chris Mon. I was like, how did we not even think of Chris Mon? We brought yeah. it to him. He showed us the song that like he had been writing, Wish That Too. And it's like, damn, like this is literally one of the songs that like would fit completely in with our style and everything. And it just, just from there, I think that was the moment. And, uh, the wow. production labs when we're just like damn like yeah this yeah. this will work it's yeah. just finding people that you really gel with production, production lab jams yeah. yeah i remember that good times <laughs> oh only Four a couple minutes, of them because like it didn't room. really uh... <laughs> yeah and i think it was good that we started around the like covid happening because like i don't know i've been in a bunch of bands like in the past and like i find everybody kind of took the wrong approach where it's like you practice a bunch and then it's just like oh, we got to get live shows, we got to do like shows, we got to play for people. And then it's like you have like nothing online within the first year because you're just focusing on shows. So like, that's why I got kind of interested in yeah. when Chris brought this band up to me because he was like, I want to uh, record songs and get stuff online. And then we when we have a fan base, book shows around that, which I think is the way mm. to do it. Yeah, but, I think that's the way to do it. Because yeah, well. I think one of the biggest things to like, like we're like a punk kind of alt rock kind of thing is it's all about the connection with the people and like, like it's great playing for a couple of people and stuff, but it's, it's a whole other experience when you have other people that actually know your song and that are want to be, I find yeah, like our songwriting is more about like listening to the story behind it and relating to it and just like giving off those kinds of vibes. So I feel like hmm. if people listen to the songs a couple of times and then show up to the show, even if it is those couple of people still just being able to vibe with the song and understand like, like what they mean going into it instead of being blind going into things because people are scared of everything these days <laughs> let's be real oh yeah yeah totally mm, true it's those true fans right like the people that really connect with your message the people yeah. that really connect with who you are and what you do yeah right? and those On are the people we really want to reach well. out to yeah 
Who are those people that you want to reach out to? Uh, just like those who kind of like understand the message and like just anybody really. But I feel like a lot of the music that we write is about struggles with life and work and things like that. And it's as much like, as it's supposed to be something for the music, it's all supposed to be something that people listen to and like feel like better. The suburban like white kid struggles like yeah you're going yeah. through school you're being told you must go to college you must get a job you must like all those yeah. like social pressures social pressures yeah. yes yeah. that don't need to be there yeah exactly and not saying yeah. that those it's, are like big bad problems compared to a lot of other issues and stuff it's just everybody struggles in their own way and this is kind of our our output of those things so we hope that other people relate to it and it's relatable problems, right? That's the exactly. Yeah. That's the nice thing. You're not getting up there singing about how annoying it is that you crashed your Ferrari or you crashed <laughs> exactly. your Lamborghini car, <laughs> or that you don't have ten naked women dancing around you. Hey, man, <laughs> not yet. That was the next <laughs> single. What <laughs> the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, don't set a limit here. Then <laughs> we'll make yeah, a song about that every day, bro. <laughs> Yeah, my Ferrari's on back order right now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the replacement. Pandemic delay. <laughs> Sam's got both of his uh, his Lamborghinis just parked in the garage, just collecting dust. Right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. It's so stupid. Like <laughs> <laughs> Trying to Damn travel so, to my private house so. in Florida, but can't because the border's closed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real first world problem, isn't it? So where does this love for music from you guys come from? Part, what? Where does the, like, your love for music, like, you guys play music, so you obviously love music, mm-hmm. right? Where does that come from for each of you? Take it away, Chris. Oh, thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel, I, I don't know, you told me about, like, you, like, playing music and how, like, you started taking it seriously, and that kind of yeah, like, spoke to me a bit when you were telling me. I guess, like, I'll give you the origin story, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's what we like to call it. Yeah. So Get deep. In like the tenth, no, the eleventh grade, like through ninth and tenth grade, I took music, like contemporary music class in high school, and it was just like, like it was so stupid. Like I played the drums, and they kept telling me to hit the drums softer, and I'm like, what? Do you want me to put like three pillows on this drum kit and make it like? What do you want? Like, so eventually, I switched class to this sick new class called rock band class. What? What? Yeah, like the video a, game or I went to it was a course. It was a course in my high school called Rock Band Class. That's amazing. The what s- high school did you go to? <laughs> yeah, the story just turned around. Like I was thinking, like, oh yeah, I had to deal with this fucking you know, orchestra class for like five years. Like, no, it was just a rock band class. All chill. Like, I just said, screw that. I'm leaving this shit. Yeah, I, I just pictured like the sign from like fucking School of Rock at the end. <laughs> it was essentially School of Rock. Like it was amazing. Fucking a music class, and you had rock band class and then, <laughs> like one day the teacher brought in like just enough acoustics for everybody to sit down and play guitar t- together and she taught us a bunch of chords and then after everybody kind of got bored i was still there by myself strumming away the chords and ever since that day i have not put the guitar down wow yeah it was that's intense it's really cool what's taking the, it further than going to the music program at fanshawe not just yeah not putting the guitar down, then pursuing that. That's what that sparked it. That's what sparked exactly. my love for music and the band Pup. But true. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I was like, I would say, what what are those bands that you guys would listen to growing up? 
that kind of spark that initial joy of for music pop the band pop the band band. baby i don't know for me i grew up listening to a lot of like i was pretty like having the blinders on with my music i listened to lots of u2 and weird al growing up (laughs) like a lot of it and then around grade six i kind of picked up bands i found like cage elephant through yeah. uh, the beginning of Borderlands with Amy oh, yeah. Wicked. Yeah. Oh, that's how I found man, that's how Elephant. I found KG Elephant too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I downloaded the whole album and then that honestly that first KG Elephant album is probably what sparked an interest for music beyond that. Like really? with listening wow. to music, not for like playing music, but yeah, it was just it was just kind of the first moment when I was like, okay, these guys have like the classic kind of sound. I was kind of stuck in the vibe of like, oh, classic rock is the best. And like, Mm -hmm. it's great, but it took another band that was kind of doing the classic rock thing with a really modern twist with implementing the pop element well and everything to kind of be like, well, yeah, there's definitely good musicians still around. I just haven't been looking hard enough. Oh, yeah. Interesting. How important is it for you guys to listen to other musicians when you're say like when you're writing music, do you listen to stuff that's similar to the music that you write or do you try and just get? weird stuff you gotta listen like far out you have to listen to like mm-hmm. weird stuff if you want new ideas you can't listen to the same thing yeah, exactly. you always listen to right it's the weirdest thing you've listened to weirdest song <gasps> there's on youtube do, oh on youtube do you know ram ranch <laughs> yes yes <laughs> there's like 57 versions of that song on youtube Damn, really there's so many it's insane there's about to be 58 yeah. <laughs> so say would bandits do a version? <laughs> yes. Let's go. Why not? I, yes, I don't know 100%. what it sounds like, but oh. let's just say, Chris, can you can you sing a bit for us? Oh God, no! <laughs> My no, voice is fucked sure? right now. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Enough, sounds a bit like an excuse, but I just your voice is I think yeah. I think I think you could totally la, sing la, it. La 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 la. Ring, sing what? Ram Ram? Yeah, What's this song ram called? Ram I gotta sing Ram Ram. I gotta <laughs> I gotta pull this up right now. I'm not gonna sing if it. If you but... could find the lyrics, I'm totally down for you to do like a live version of it. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> Wait, Chris, see. do you not know what this <laughs> is? Just, like, just like R A M R A M. No, I'm just trying to think who sings it. Ram Ranch? Ram Ranch? Yeah. Oh god. Um, Grant by Grant McDonald. Ram, that's ranch. the one you're gonna want to sing. Oh God! <laughs> Looking at the yeah, track it's a bit list, strange. <laughs> it's a bit bizarre. You don't it's have to. It's so but good, man. Insane. I know myself. I know Zach. It's so and strange. The uh, the many listeners of this show would greatly appreciate it. I love how you just put him on spot here saying that. <laughs> 18 naked cowboys in the showers <laughs> at Ram Ranch. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's still going. Oh, my God, yeah. I don't know if that's what oh. they want to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You don't have to do that. But I appreciate the fact that I thought you said Ram up. Ram. I would have picked up what you were talking about if I heard Ram. Oh, no. Ram no, Ranch. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> I appreciate that Ooh. you actually went and Googled it and looked it up and oh, started God. to play it, though. Yeah, that is. That's uh, probably that's probably the best part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so God. here's a question, because 
like I said, Zach and I are not in bands. Not yeah, entirely. No, I know Zach's, well, Zach's maybe a little musically inclined. Zach slapped some skins a little bit when he was a kid. Uh, a very, a minorly. very minorly. Very, very minorly. Did you guys have much of a musical upbringing? Like, are any of your parents big into nice. music at all? No. Uh, for me, not at all, really. No. Like, other than listening to it. Uh, really? like, wow. my... My parents are kind of into music, but like nothing. It was nothing like uh like yeah, professional cool or anything like that. No. Just I don't know, like one hobbies. thing. My dad my always kind of. Like, nice. <laughs> my <laughs> dad always kind of tried to like make his music taste like rub off onto us, and I feel like that mm. was a positive thing. Just like having a figure there that kind of showed that there is something more to music than just listening to it kind of thing. It's about sharing and it's about like the culture around it and everything. Yeah. I remember uh, him telling me one time he was listening to the college radio station in Kitchener, CJRQ. And he was just saying like, yeah, I used to listen to like hits FM all the time, but I just find they, list- they play the same music all the time. And he's like, I was born like 40, 50 years ago. And it's like, you can only listen to these songs like so many times over that course of time before it's like okay it's the same song and as great as that song is there's there's more and i just feel like that's that's a big part of all that and that kind of that was an impactful moment on my appreciation of music i find do you try and channel that into the music that you guys write and music you guys produce i i try and like take away as many like limits to the writing process as possible like just try as many different ways through a part, like how to transition from one part to the next as possible and just figure out what makes the energy work the best mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Is with respect to, cause you guys have mm-hmm. a song, you guys have a song that'll come out today. This is a pre-recorded episode, but the one, the day that it comes out is yeah, going to singer. be the lead man the day that your single comes out. We, uh, we dump this responsibility. Yeah. Is, what's, the, what's, out, what's, the name, what's the name of that single? What's the name of that single? <laughs> it's called Get a Life. Uh, yeah. Get a Life. Oh, very, very aptly. I named. just feel like I'm talking mostly. <laughs> if anybody else wants to pop in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'd, I'd go the entire yeah, episode yeah, just to yeah. listen to Sam laugh. That's amazing. That's amazing. When we went yes. into the studio, man, like yeah, it's called uh, it's called like Get a Life. Being though. there, um, like, it's our first like I'd say the, like the equipment and like all the people helping us out, like, recording. So like it was just some, like wow. fun to yes. make. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> oh, for sure. You sound giddy over it. Like you, you sound. You guys just sound super stoked on it. Oh yeah, yeah. It was insane. It was an experience. <laughs> Yeah, like it, seeing it like the black. golden platinum records on the wall and whatever is just like Whoa. just seeing the people True, who've recorded wow. there before, like Billy Talent and like like Drake, like Jesus Boogie with a hoodie, Christ. like yeah. Who's the guy that got mad at me experience. for recording bass? Someone was like, <sighs> oh yeah, upstairs. <laughs> Ian um, Thornley. <laughs> yeah, Ian Thornley from <laughs> Big Rec was recording and we had the doors open and Sam was playing his bass and it was, I think bleeding into his mics and stuff. So he wasn't happy, but yeah. Sawyer told they us dealt with that quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When Sawyer was on, he told, he's like, make sure you ask them about 
situation <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> just kind of like a a little bit of a rock star moment for us like we just pissed off another rock star shit <laughs> an actual <laughs> rock star yeah oh. like somebody who actually oh. has yeah like we're not rock stars we just Honestly, like, like <laughs> we just play music and just keep we want to yeah. be going like it, trying instead exactly. of how do you how do you how do you think you reach that instead rock star level like what does it take something to else like when you can call yourself a rock star do this Lots of heroin. Why not? Why not? Really <laughs> like hard work. Yeah, you just constantly keep going. Yeah, hard work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Create stuff. Make stuff. And we're we're in yeah. such a like unique time because of the pandemic and everything going on that like, you know, maybe. You know, maybe we could have been quicker with stuff because of we could have had, you know, this much room to do more stuff with actual people, blah, blah, blah. But it's it's allowed us to really like define uh, what we want for the band. And then, you know, when we do come out and start playing shows, people, you know, have an idea of exactly uh, what we are and who we are. And then there's no uh, mm -hmm. they don't have to deal with the first year of us trying to figure out our music and everything oh yeah my biggest pet peeve is literally like when you go and see like a local band and it's like oh my god you guys were so awesome like you guys killed yeah. it and it's like do you have anything online like nah and it's like what like why are you even here <laughs> yeah. bro like yeah, true, true, and true. like i find like that was what a lot of bands were doing before the pandemic and like yeah, this exactly. whole like online presence thing is like really changed like the whole the game Facebook page like, with the logo doesn't cut it anymore yeah, yeah what i've been right. saying is like these days it's all about momentum with like online presence and stuff like you, you and there's a couple different factors that go with it It has to be like there's somewhat to quantity involved but that's not so much important it's all about like quality and consistency really like mm -hmm. it's are you pumping out something that people want to see in here and are you doing that consistently like is the video looking good all the way through is the next video at the same quality as the last video that people are expecting. Like it's just little things that make people want to come back. And that would be my advice to anybody trying to take things seriously going into a pandemic is just, just try and focus on quality. Cause you're not going to have to see mm -hmm. the people like face to face ever. Like at this, this point, is true. so no, you want what they so see of you to be the best right thing now. possible. Right? True. Pumping content for yeah. the pandemic. So you don't have something yeah. that's gonna catch people and keep them there You're yeah you want to run the highlight over your page basically how do you guys maintain that consistency and that creative drive sawyer edworthy like sawyer edworthy <laughs> and chris and chris goodman yeah. no i'd say like honestly sawyer has been kind of like god sent for us making content like visual content um helping film the visuals for our uh, like our summer dress video, doing the uh, the album artwork for the Get a Life and all the in studio stuff. He's he's made it possible that we can keep things going, and I feel like that's his quality work has kind of driven us to push even harder with our music because yeah, he makes us. Look he's a professional with, a way more with professional what he yeah. Band than we are, and then we're like, like he's okay, professional with what he does. Collect <laughs> something from us now. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've, I've been kind of thinking about recently. If you think of like a band like like the Foo Fighters or like those those big bands, 
those new albums that they drop that are like grand and stuff. If a local band was to drop an album like that, I feel like it wouldn't gain as much traction. Like, you know, like, why do you think so? Because it's like their sound developed. I feel like bands like that, like they released their first album that has like the songs where they're figuring it out. And like the better bands will be the ones where the songs they're figuring it out are the better songs. And then they stick to the next album where they progress on that idea. And then usually it's either better or worse. But then, yeah, like, I feel like music isn't all about each phase individually, but as it is like a tree growing. And the roots are the most important part. So like laying down the framework solidly now is important for local band. Like, I don't know if this makes sense. Like at all, the strong base as in like, I think so. so. I feel like I'm trying to explain like, it. You have to start with a strong the presence, base, right? Otherwise like the, the fan you're building base. off such a weak foundation that it's so easy to tip something <laughs> off. And then it's the fact that it can then crumble. So exactly. Easily but I feel like also if, yeah, yeah, that's pretty well what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how do you, yeah, like, like, say, more just, like, the development of the sound. Like, if, like, Nirvana was to release, um, like, In Utero as their first album, people, when that album came out, people didn't understand it at all. People hated it in the first listen. And, like, it took a little bit for people to, like, understand, like, the sound of the music. Not that anything that we're doing is, like, crazy out of the box or whatever, but, like... Wow. It takes a basic idea from the start to be worked on a lot. And then the next thing to be an idea that starts with the worked on version before to then be worked on from the start again. And it's kind of like a, like an evolution kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is that how you treat like a songwriting process is more of an evolution? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's more what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Like is like we wrote our songs going in like pitching to the band and then we, built them to where they could go. And then we kind of hit a wall with every single one of them. And then from there, I was like, okay, but there was something to this song. So maybe I can incorporate some sort of an element from that that worked into something completely different. And then extrapolating that to now, now I feel like we have a few songs that are coming together that are something that are like truly us and that we can confidently put forward. And I feel like that's something that a lot of, smaller bands don't get the chance to step back and like see in another situation mm-hmm. where they would just be like, Oh, this song's pretty good. Let's release it. Cause people need to hear it where right. we've been standing a little bit back a little bit more critically on ourselves and saying, okay, this is good, but we know we can do better. And do you think what we're yeah, laying down is the foundation right now? So we should be laying down a solid foundation because like emerging out of the pandemic, people don't know who we are at all. So our steps are important right now. Basically. Yeah, this is true. You guys are treating this time as like specifically focused and dedicated to this two bandits, basically as this thing that you guys have all created collectively. And you're putting, you're putting your heart and your soul and your time into yeah. building this thing to be something sustainable. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Cause I feel like each of us have all been parts of different projects and stuff that have gone, which in different ways and, like gotten more and less traction and we're kind of all at a point where we just want to play music and just write music that we enjoy playing. And that's fun that people may or may not like, but stuff that we're just going to jump around and play anyways and pop some eardrums. (laughs) Yeah. Not a, not a bad way to think about it. So like, what's, what's the creative process? Like say Sam has an idea. 
does he then pitch it to the two Chris's and Josh and say like, I've got this idea for a song or is our ideas made or ideas like created cohesively or is it we all individually bring stuff in um, and work on it and expand on say an idea or even like uh, say the first song we really worked all worked on together was uh, <laughs> the one Chris Ma brought. Um, I can't remember the name right now. What's it called? Oh, wish that too. Wish that too. Yeah, wish that too. Like that was like Chris Ma. He brought us basically an entire full song, start to finish, and was like, "Hey, I wrote this," and we were like, "Okay, sweet, let's just." Yeah, it was like drums, background vocals, everything. And there and there, like, and then we were like, "This is the this is what we like," and then from there we were kind of just we started working together, bringing ideas from here and there, and like even mashing up two totally different songs and just putting them together, like. Yeah, I've found one of the the successful formula for us right now that we've been getting lots of great stuff out of is Chris Ma comes up with something really nice on guitar, something that speaks from the start, and then yeah, I just, just let, let that broil each member do with their me own for a while thing. until I can think of something Trust, to go along with that, it melodically, uh, and then we can create the parts. Once there's a basic idea, I'm able to bring like it to the rest of the guys. Musically like minded. Yeah, like drums will take it like to wherever it's gonna go, and bass is gonna give it all the feeling. So once you put it all together, <laughs> then you're able to kind of work your way through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in the same range. We all have our uh, little creative preferences and everything, but for the most part, we can all relate. Yeah, for you sure. played everybody's strengths, yeah. right? And you let those complement each other to eventually create a big, cohesive piece, which is your music. Yeah, yeah one thing I, I saw in a music documentary or something, and it was... Uh, I think it was about Foo, the Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl seeing Taylor Hawkins playing drums for Alanis Morissette. And he was just like enamored. He was like, damn, that's like the best drummer I've seen in a while. And he's like, why aren't they using him even more? It <laughs> was his mindset. Is like, if you, if you have something, you got to use it, basically, is what he's saying. Like, if somebody in your band was the best saxophone player in the city or something that's yeah. something you should be utilizing even if it doesn't necessarily fit under the umbrella of your genre that could be your shtick but <laughs> right. like but i don't like just say we have, i don't like, like just Josh, playing every second when whenever i drummer, like, stop playing chris just goes man play so we make sure <laughs> that we fit in a couple of spots where it's like like this is you go <laughs> like go hard <laughs> jam hard yeah and i'm, I'm always pushing chris to solo and mm. every song <laughs> 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 yeah i know <laughs> solo yeah well i just know he that like trust yeah with you like you'll you'll be playing something you'll go and then like eventually something will click and then you'll figure something else to add yeah, on that to was the cool. other part that was, like there was another you know i mean look, like with context with the other parts the and then you simplify too. it yourself because i know that you will like every time and then by the time we go to the studio you not only have like the entire bed of what you're doing then you you freestyle over it and you already have like the full bank of ideas Interesting. It worked out really well. So how much trust is involved? Like when you guys, like if, say Chris Goodman, say you're like if, you're playing a bit, 
yeah. and you're just jamming. Like if Chris Goodman what just started playing like a chord and to say have Sam come in and pick up a bass line and then Josh to start drumming and then Chris Ma to come in with another guitar lick. Like if it, if nothing's written down, like execution wise, yeah. Like how does because there there has to be some level of trust involved. Oh, there. I get what you're saying. Yeah, because there's not like actual written down parts. Yeah, or even if it's improv, like yeah, um, something's got to. I think from, one of the nice things nothing. about our genre is that we're loud and distorted. Like there is a lot of trust that goes around. But one of the cool things that I find about music, like like rock music and punk music, is there's an element of like noise music that's been implemented over time where like through bands like nine inch nails where you can do wonky things like mm. flinging your pick across the uh the strings above the bridge of your guitar to give just like a a big shriek and like though technically a weird wailing distorted thing shouldn't sound nice it sounds like fucking epic over top of <laughs> yeah big jungle drums and stuff so like yeah, I feel like we trust each other that we're not going to screw up royally. <laughs> like, like there's always going to be little mess-ups and stuff. And it's an, it's an ongoing building trust, too. Like, exactly. I mean, we've, we've grown so much together as a band, like, over the year. Like, I remember when we were first playing, you know, you don't... You develop a groove with each other and, like, you know... Uh, Five feet apart, yeah. kind of understand the way each other plays and kind of the little, the little things that everyone does, so... Especially with the pandemic, we had just a great opportunity to only be practicing beside each other all the time. So we were be mm-hmm. able to like five feet apart things and then talk about them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Five feet apart. Yes, of course. Safe social distancing, <laughs> course, obviously. Zach and I noticed that too. Like in the amount that we would collaborate and work together at school was eventually over time, you just start to, you can pick up on. Yeah people's there's, like just the way days, that they work creatively like, it's a lot to do and with dynamics most of the time we, we all love music yeah. so most of the time like we're having a good time so just jamming and like the jam group part of the day is like when we're like having a good time we're like free and it's not like the stressful part but there's sometimes all the time especially yeah, for me like you fall into ruts i just come off like a really crappy shift at work and i'm like not in it and then when i get to the jam i'm like i don't want to do this right now but then i still play and we have it. It becomes fun, like just because of the people I'm around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we try to keep each yeah. other accountable. But there oh, is, yeah. A, yeah, there's yeah. a line between like, yeah, when the music is work and when the music is fun. And it's about balancing that kind of thing. Like, obviously, every time that the music is work, we can't just not do the music. But there is also like, yeah, times when we're all just looking at each other like, is this the end of today? And we're just like, yeah, like sometimes yeah. when we're just drained creatively or right. physically. And it's just it's better if we just stop playing for a bit, come back next week or in a couple days and see mm-hmm. what we thought of. Cause usually like when we, had we, we weren't like in that, a rush either. We, we didn't, we didn't like want to rush anything. Exactly. We didn't have a live show to practice and get ready for So we were just like, you know, if we're not feeling it this day, then it's, let's just not do it. Like, yeah, it's better to feel it another day and come up with something kick-ass than just follow the motions because you should. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that's, kind of like a pitfall sometimes with 
maybe yeah. not just bands but people trying to start something right is like you get caught up with too much like hey we have to get this yeah i saw you try to book a gig too quick and then yeah exactly you give yourself two weeks to learn six songs and you end up going with three songs prepared and three songs that are eh. yeah i saw like a thing on instagram the other day no and reason. it said create art not content and i was like yeah, yeah just that's, having the team that's if a reminder like a lot of people team, need you can art not sort content. of delegate it's not even delegation. Like he sort of loves doing it. Try and so channel like, that create art, not content. Especially if you're trying to grow an online and a digital presence, that's obviously important to have stuff there for mm-hmm. people to see. Yeah, we like kind of navigate <laughs> through Sawyer. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like with the quality and stuff, they stop. But also just with like, like because we could just write a three chord song and sing the same word over and over for a chorus and it could be a good song or whatever and we could write 50 of those and maybe one of them would get big but like yeah like what's the substance to it like why yeah like like, i think our biggest thing with bandits was we're a band but you know we kind of joke that you know it's like we're a community we're like you know it's bandits we're all bandits kind of thing you want to write music rock and roll man people actually can relate to and actually understand and Hmm. you know not just some like we were saying earlier, not just, you know, it's drugs, money, woman, it's, oh, yeah. it's you know, some, some real content in there that you There's a bit of drugs, create. money, and woman in there, but. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> we're still trying to be rock stars, so we got to mix a little in there. Yeah. Right. You can't, you can't <laughs> be a rock star a little bit of drugs, women, and uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's the saying, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That goes back as well, though, right? Like you're saying the whole, that's why you don't want to. To rush as well. If you rush something, you're gonna forget that. Not even forget, but it's easy to fall into the trap of making content. Yeah. Instead yeah. of something the art, right? Suffer, trying to right? rush so. it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you instead of taking, if you take your time, that's where you can focus on that building that community, right? Your 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 why, your you know your purpose for the band, the message kind of thing. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think the and goal like, you is the goal is to ahead. eventually like not not have to take your time it's kind of like the meditation kind of thing more of a presence of mind like the goal is to eventually get to a point where you are taking your time while you're going natural speed kind of thing that's why right like all the greats can sit up there and they can play for three hours and not have anything written down and (laughs) just be going because they're just able to process everything and yeah exactly it's what they do they're they just let it all soak in at once and let it all out in the same breath and oh yeah i feel like that's kind of that's that where creators now need to get to a point to it's almost kind of become the standard to be the best is to like live and breathe at every moment do you think that can be a self-destructive way of thinking where you're trying to be the best at all times and not really not not giving yourself permission to fail exactly yeah definitely i think yeah i think a lot of the stuff going around um, well, I know that like, like the Western world, North America has a huge problem with things like depression and like ADHD compared to most other places in the world. And I, I feel like it has a lot to do with a lot of those social pressures that we were talking about, like with just like people coming up and like, like people that are big being sad, like people that have lots of money being upset. And that's when, um, not that they're any more important or less important than anybody else, but that's when the government has to look in and be like, well, why are the people that should be having a good, healthy life still not feeling suffice? And 
it's things like that, like the connotation that like holding mm. perfection at all moments because there's always a camera on you, things like that with right. with actors and the biggest of the big. It's also just not authentic, right? Yeah, exactly. No one's perfect all the time. Never, no matter yeah. who you are. Always having that, I just picture SpongeBob with all the cork plugs into him. Yes. <laughs> Always having that going. <laughs> no, and I think it's that's one of our things. Thing. Like we, we don't, we try not to sit there and be like, oh, the song's not perfect. We can't release this kind of thing. Like we are, we have a couple songs that are sitting there that we're like, these aren't, you know, maybe our sound, even our sound anymore. Like we've, we've changed so much over the year, but like part of it is just like people just, you know, got to listen and listen again and give it a chance because I think like after a couple of listens, you start liking our songs a lot more and more. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, th- I think, um, it's like when we talk about this stuff, it sounds more, it sounds like we're saying like quality. I think it's, it's more about does your, does your post or does your content say what it's trying to say and how well does it say it basically? And that's, it's not that like we're not willing to post something that's not quote unquote perfect. It's like in our instant, it's more, I find that like we, we like for our example, we write these songs and yeah, they're a great idea. They're catchy a bit, but it doesn't fully say what we want it to say. So it needs something uh, else. And that's where the focus on the art instead of the that's content I, comes out. It's I step in. I knowing like, hey, when to, to hit the Stop, button. Basically. Man. <laughs> that's enough. And say like, this is, this is what it is basically. How do you know when to stop tweaking something? Like if you're working on a song, you could tweak it endless, mm-hmm. endlessly. I would I'd imagine. say, how do you know? Like when, Chris, when you reach the point where there's yeah. no point. No, but, <laughs> but that, that honestly, that's how it goes. It's kind of like, like a throw up of ideas all over. And like I said, I, I like to try and explore as many different routes to get to where I'm trying to get it to go as possible. And then I present it to the band. And if it doesn't click with the band, then it's probably not going to click with other people. Cause like if the people mm-hmm. playing it don't want to hear it, then <laughs> other people wouldn't want to hear it. So that's when you go back and you try again. And then maybe you come up, maybe I come up with like 10 ideas, little things to fit into a song. Maybe one or two of them works, but mm those one or two will boost those parts of the song to then allow the other pieces to kind of go, Oh, maybe now I can do this to work off of that. And then another better idea will stem out of just the small idea I had in the start, kind of thinking about songwriting, not from like, here's a whole song, but like bar from bar, like right. yeah. this, this bar should tell a story compared to this mm-hmm. bar. It's going to tell the different story, like sentences in a story. And where does that, like, where does that level of thinking come from with music? Like, I'll be totally honest. Most of the time when I listen to music, it's just playing in the background and I'm not really paying attention to it, but then to dig into it and analyze it and read, read between the lines, I guess, Mm -hmm. in terms of what the artist is saying, what the drums are saying, what the bass is saying. Yeah, that's, I think that's kind of that's what takes our writing process the longest. I find when I write lyrics and stuff, they're usually like, I don't write lyrics often because it's usually like something comes over me kind of thing. And I just, I'll start writing and then it starts to work. And then every so often I'll keep writing and it'll keep working. And it it like accurately says what I'm trying to say. And then when I do come up with something like that, I just store it and then, eventually come up with something like the harder part is then getting everything else to work around it to a point that's going to sound 
like where we want it. Something that's going to hit, that's going to highlight each word in the way that we want to highlight it. And mm-hmm. yeah, so a lot, I find a lot of the a lot of the process is into making the idea sound good. Like you're saying, most of the time it's just in the background. So you don't want something in the yeah, background true. that's got a good story and sounds like crap, right? Yeah, this is pretty right. true. Yeah, this is pretty true. So it's Zach about, and I were talking. Yeah. Zach and I were talking last couple of weeks ago about a mm. quote, and it said, "Excellence, mastery, skill, growth, and success all take time." Completely different. <laughs> it's never. Yeah, it's never so an different overnight we thing. Mm-hmm. So, how do you guys relate to that within the context of bandits and yourselves as musicians? Well, just looking back at our first jam compared to now. Um timing um dynamics just just actual skill songwriting yeah it's it's like night and day and just to see that happen over a course of one year like it, it puts into perspective like chris was saying There's, how like, realistic they it is did it yeah like fighters, like those big guys and through that constant touring, they, they, they do that that's what together, they do all the time every day that's what they, they live and breathe so other than over time you'll become that. music but not without those years and years and years of mastery and yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, that'd be nice. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> Crab music. Oh, that's a good one. So what's, where, where do you take bandits next? You know, hopefully by the end of this year, the pandemic is on its way out the door and people can start going to bars again and live shows can start being played again. Yeah, yeah it would be, be nice. Beautiful. <laughs> well, like hopefully, where does, where yeah. does bandits start to grow in 2021, 2022? Hopefully the goal would be, yeah, to like have like a decent fan base that we could actually like start playing shows around. Like I would say probably start with our Ontario first, like. Don't get me wrong, like, the States would be awesome. Like, playing shows in the States, like, insane. Like, that'd be crazy. But, uh, also, I want to get, uh, because we have Sawyer, which is, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, Sawyer is a good, he's a good guy to have. Like, he has a lot of skills that, like, so we kind of have an, have an advantage compared to other local bands. So, like, we've been talking about maybe getting, like, when uh more people can meet up and stuff, doing, like, music videos and then recording more other songs. I'm really big into music videos. I really want a music video. <laughs> yeah, and I think oh, uh, another thing, we've been trying, we've been, like, talking a little bit, bouncing the idea of trying to organize our own uh, show because we know oh, that yeah. Yeah. a lot of smaller bands probably aren't going to be getting quite the platforms that they were before. Because, like, the music with culture the kind of, of grew. Local venues here in London. Yeah, like, yeah. it kind of it kind of grew to a point where local bands, if you were really good, you had a way to get your music heard and everything. But a lot of those opportunities are being taken away in places like London. Call the Office is closed. A lot of places, like, I heard Sneaky D's on its way out. And um, So it's going to take the conjoined effort of of people to to find success in this kind of a market, I think, where... Like London Music Hall is still open, but looking at it from us, like it's expensive. So then, what you would want to look at is, well, what other bands would be interested in pulling something off to that kind of a scale that are good and would take it seriously? And then, once you can start to get the money part of it figured out and kind of split up between other people, that's when like that's when the ball can start rolling. And I think that's kind of what we're trying to 
to pull off a bit. Hmm. She says like a we, start yeah. off zone. Cool. That'd be a cool idea, wouldn't it? Like a a show yeah. with a bunch of like a collective of of bands. Yeah, because usually it'd be like other companies and other people organizing those things. It like it it wasn't usually the smaller bands because the smaller bands had places to go where people would already organize all that for them. Right. But a lot of those people that would be taking their time, like their personal time to organize these shows now don't have jobs. So Yeah. It's all it's like it's up to the musician now to to make that happen. And and maybe maybe through all that some of those venues like maybe not call the office in specific, but some of these venues can have a rebirth at some point in the future. I was gonna say, is that like a, a rebirth or just a revamping of the but way that they the were industry leaning runs, towards like, like the artist doing literally way. everything for the venue now, like coming out of the pandemic. Maybe when you when we play called maybe the old uh, way wasn't the best way to do call? it. Maybe yeah, maybe we were directed. Like maybe it's the band was in charge of selling their tickets. The band was in charge of promotion. The band was in charge of like much about the, yeah about well, that industry. Like I don't know. Like the venue wasn't really doing anything. They were yeah. just being a venue. Yeah, they were just the they were just the building, and then we had to do everything else. Yep. Every step of the ladder, other than building the building. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't bad. Yeah. Like it's it's great to have the opportunity because I'm sure a lot of bands in the past didn't have the same opportunities but it's just another step that you have to figure out in order to be successful mm -hmm. yeah and surely that in that has an impact on your work ethic as well knowing that you're the one that has to make this happen yeah you know? i think it's it's kind of yeah impacted the way that we approached what we were doing in the pandemic because a lot of what like right now is is just like management of time like what are you using your time towards and how well are you using that time and like it like right now if you were using all of your time towards perfecting a live set it's like okay cool you have a cool live set if we ever get to play it like right. <laughs> and then you still gotta so like it's about balancing but you still need that live presence exactly yeah, yeah like yeah. you it's not that you can just leave it on the back burner completely you have to be able to budget that time and then with all the restrictions of being able to see people and stuff you have to be able to keep that into factor and not push that too far and kind of just hope that everything everything works itself out yeah at the end of the day so in terms of the music I tell people were a punk band right like what is what what is how do you define a style you know like you got rock you have rap there's r&b there's country I think whatever that is. I think we're still having trouble clearly defining what our what our genre is because it's I mean, one, we're still kinda of figuring it out, but I mean we're just we're trying to take so many pieces of different styles and make it our own. But I mean, you know, we we yeah. call ourselves, you know, like alternative punk, but it, it's hard to it's hard to say exactly. You know, who knows if it'll change even more, right, in the future. Oh yeah, it's more of an attitude, and it's kind of like how you uh, you almost like I don't know like it, there's not really like styles I find in music anymore. It's more like cultures or like actual like clans of like people that listen to alternative. That. So, like, for example, like Reddit and stuff. Like 
if you kind of like go into a bunch of different genres you can kind of share to all those people and gain more so like that's why i find like yeah not sticking to like one genre like well sticking to like multiple genres is a good way to go instead of just the one genre kind of yeah thing. and i think one of the big things about like the it's a, it's a lot to do with the, the premise of the music i think that kind of puts us into a weird spot where it's a lot of the the ideas are just about emotions and like building of emotions and stuff. Nothing, and not too many things directly specifically. It's a lot more like vague questioning, like introspective kind of stuff. And yeah, like it's like, it's not just about like, like girls and stuff. Like it's not just like a poppy song kind of thing. So you can't just like, it, it's not something that you just like toss under a whatever. But that also being said, like bands like, um, the Dirty Nil in Hamilton released a song called Doom Boy where it's about listening to Slayer and stuff. And the ending of the song, it drops into like a thrash metal th- Slayer kind of beat. And it's like just being able to toss that into like an alternative rock song, just nonchalant. It just shows that, yeah, like there isn't a specific genre really that bands, like a lot of bands that are trying to become successful or following, a lot of them are just kind of trying to hit different vibes and kind of attract groups of people instead of like yeah i don't know well i guess you also don't want to like creatively restrict yourself right if you want if you have i think like that's kind of the idea something you yeah something you want to tell if it's going one direction that's a bit different you know then you don't want to restrict yourself to be like oh yeah. well, that's not our sound or something or that's yeah not, yeah exactly that it's a, it's just know. about saying like yeah they wanted to write a a pop punk song about doom boy and slayer well it's only fitting if they have a slayer drop in the end right because yeah. that's the like it makes sense <laughs> and it if you pulled off well then but if they had a producer sitting there like maybe 10 years ago and they were trying to write a pop punk song about listening to slayer and they wanted to toss that in the end they might be like eh, maybe just stick to the <laughs> what we're doing like in like because i i relate that song to like a skater boy or like a 1985 or whatever bowling for soup the m83 but like yeah those songs like they reference a lot of different artists and stuff in that song but they don't really extrapolate on the styles of those artists i thought it was kind of cool that the dirty nil was able to yeah write a song about an artist and then give their own little spiel right Hmm. and just being able to do that in a modern age basically yeah because especially especially now where where music is so tailored in a way like people are a lot of people are feels like they're writing songs specifically because they know that they're popular and they know that the subject matter of that resonates with the largest amount of people and it's so easy to get millions of downloads simply because you have an extremely catchy chorus because it's a predetermined formula that works yeah all the I, time but what I always feel like I, I look at things from almost like a businessy aspect where where one market dominates, it does open another market for the underdogs, right? Because right. when if everybody likes like say like um Edward or Jacob uh, uh, Twilight, even if you didn't yeah. have an opinion, you had an opinion, right? Yeah, and they created that like out of the battle. Like, not that I had, like, some big opinion, but I would jokingly be like, oh, yeah, like, whatever, vampire dude or werewolf dude. But that (laughs) that kind of creates through this big polished society. That's kind of how, like, bands like Nirvana came up. They were in 
a stage of music where things were really polished. Things were becoming like more to the Simple, books. Catchy. But mm-hmm. there's some people that just want something more real. And um, like Modern Baseball is another band, for example, where there were just some guys writing some songs like it was one of their first times writing music. And it didn't necessarily sound like technically great on the ears. But when you when you let it sink in, it it feels real. And that's like once you feel like those kinds of things from something coming out of your headphones, like it's a little bit different than listening to nothing against Justin Bieber, but like listening to a song like that where it's just it's just there to keep you going. Yeah, right. It takes something else to really step down and be something that's real and like feel like it's sitting beside you. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than something that feels kind of manufactured in a way. Some yeah, it's like it's the difference between something being up in the clouds and something sitting beside you, like yeah. with like realness. And I think that has to translate to your audience as well. Like your audience, obviously, has to relate to that as well. Otherwise, they're kind of they'll listen to it and then they'll move on. But yeah. if they do connect with it and they do resonate with it, and it's something that adds value to them, yeah. just as a as a consumer of music then that's an important thing. Yeah. And like it, it all comes down to how you want to run your little music business as a band. But I feel like we all agree in the respects of, we would rather have a few people really connect to the music. Well, maybe not a few, like we want a lot of people to listen and stuff, but like (laughs) we would rather cater to the people that are really going to like feel the music, uh, like understand it, enjoy the music. than those who, then just make stuff for the sake of making it so everybody hears it. Mm-hmm. So you don't just want to be a part of the ocean. You want to be like their neighborhood stream. <laughs> be poetic. I don't that was know. a beautiful analogy. You should write that one down, put it on a t-shirt or something. <laughs> sell it to sell it at a live show. $40. I got a question. $40. <laughs> quotes, quotes about water and streams and stuff. Wow. I'm curious to Josh hear Moore, each of your, like each individual band member respectively and their answer to this question um but it's how how do you define your success as a musician as a band good question (laughs) (laughs) on the spot um i don't know like i think it's like uh getting actually like having fans that actually look listen and like people that are engaged and stuff like i don't know like like you can get like the fake fans and then you can get the real fans i find the fake fans is kind of like your friends and stuff who will just like listen for fun you know or just like listen to support you but it's like once you get like people you don't know like listening to your stuff and like being like oh my god like you're my hero like whoa this is amazing i listen to this every day like i think that's when it's like wow like you're getting success like mm-hmm for me i i like find success in like progression and growth like if we're looking from like a yeah. like an aspect of feeling good about yourself um like when i first picked up a guitar couldn't play for shit and then you get a little bit better and you feel good and then you kind of hit a wall and then you get a little bit better and i feel like like now that like we're in our position now we've all kind of gotten to a point where we're like pretty decent we can write some pretty good songs and we can cater to an audience of people that would like to listen to like quality music and but then like you'll hit a wall and i feel like that's what a lot of the people even on the very top feel where they 
they're the best there is. We're not the best there is, but like for somebody like a Jimi Hendrix, you would eventually hit a wall. And that's like where you're the best guitarist there is in the world. And it's like, there's almost something daunting about that. I feel if you were somebody like that, but like it, like through growth is how you feel success. But I feel like that's how like somebody like Jimi Hendrix feels. And like when they like artists in the 27 club or whatever, they overdose because they don't feel like they can grow anymore. And like, I feel like that's what drives a lot of those people into like the drugs when they get to that huge level. Mm-hmm. That's I'm not saying that's what I'm going to get to or anything. I'm just saying like, Growth is a powerful thing. Like when you when you feel inner growth, like when you go from getting a hundred listeners to five hundred listeners, that's success. And like going from five hundred listeners to a thousand listeners, that's success. And being all right at guitar and then getting good at guitar and then getting better and getting better. Each step is kind of what I see success as. Like money is all big and important and stuff, but I I personally don't feel like the money in the music equals the success. I feel it's the impact and the growth mm-hmm. almost. That'll... Your financial your financial gains don't define how successful you are. Yeah. And I, I feel like, like, yeah, what I was trying to get at with the other artists is I feel like maybe like a Kurt Cobain or like a, a Jimi Hendrix didn't maybe quite understand that or maybe they got lost in the, oh, maybe it isn't about personal growth. It's about everything else. Yeah. And then when they realized that it wasn't about everything else and it was all just about like what's happening on the inside, it was too much for them to handle. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's dark, but it's just kind of, it's kind of something like as an artist, like every artist kind of battles with those kinds of things of like, do I feel successful? Like, that's why it's a great question. Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel successful with what you're doing or do you feel like you're wasting your time basically? And yeah. And I think it's a lot something of to always be conscious about. And that's it. Like, yeah yeah i think that's the like yeah the important thing is to always be conscious about how you find success basically yeah different people find success in different ways you could have a millionaire who thinks he's unsuccessful yeah. and then mm-hmm. someone who owns a small business like in a personal small town success and or like success with 50 like bucks a day music and selling general, like... little jewelry bits that they make that's what I mean. And they yeah. find that for successful. Per- personal, yeah. For being personal conscious with your part growth, in the system. I, like, I take it day yeah. by day. So I, I, I find myself like Ma, how do you really anxious success? and worrying about things way too much. So if I have a day where I'm like, I go to bed and I'm not just like anxious. Say personal success. I find success. that to be a successful day. If I have to do something during the day that progresses a skill of mine or like I like... Even something as simple as like cleaning my room will make me feel like I've had a successful day. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the cool answers. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, smart. What about you, Josh? Um, that's a hard question. Yeah, you guys took all the answers too, so it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, I, I, 
I think the whole basic premise is what we're all saying is like, it's definitely, it's a personal thing, right? Like everyone, everyone's going to define their own success in a different way. And there's probably so many factors to that too. But I think personally, like, I just, I just like writing music and playing drums. And I think if, you know, if this band is a way to obviously do that and and put that music out there and I, I think just having you know one person listen and relate to the song is just like success but yeah you know we're we're obviously aiming for more than that so I think as we keep growing yeah. and stuff like you know like we just hit 4k streams on summer dress on Spotify and it's like you know that that oh, was congrats. a huge accomplishment that we'd even think about really but it was all something like oh crap you know we hit this this milestone we didn't even realize is a milestone until we hit it. Yeah. Like, um, there's no dodging around the point that money is important. And like, and that's kind of the fact that to be able to do something like this, you need to be able to grow to a point where you can make money off of it and stuff. So money becomes a part of it just no matter what. And like, yeah, so obviously we're hoping to one day be making money off of the music and stuff. It's just that, that's it's one the of the goal, things that right? we're hoping we're, to not. Yeah, we're not. Just we want to be able to keep things going, we and keep we want to work in, yeah. uh, you know, minimum wage jobs our whole life and put out songs. It's like we obviously mm-hmm. the goal is get famous, tour the world, you know, put our music everywhere. But we don't want to go about that in a false way or in a you know in a way we have. Yeah, exactly. Think, it's more the we set, our, we set our standards. To you know why you know why how we want to get famous kind of thing not you know if there's the opportunity we don't want to you know turn our backs on everything we've built yeah (laughs) definitely so let's talk about summer dress for a little bit because Sawyer gave us a bit of a rundown on how that came to be but I'm curious as to how the whole summer dress thing especially with the with the uh, the video and you guys all wearing dresses yeah I mean, that came about we were just like so we were practicing as a band just doing our thing writing songs and then i think i had found just a random link to uh 102.1 the edge contest and it was for a twenty thousand dollar prize for a summer song and it just had to be a original song that you wrote and recorded a video for us and we were like well, you know, we're not going to be planning any live gigs for the next little bit, so we might as well put our skills and do something, right? So uh, we quickly stopped everything we were doing and decided to write a song about a summer dress. Wow. Where yeah. the idea for but the then, yeah, I'll, let you, I'll let you guys yeah, go more on that. Well, it originally started, um, Chris Ma brought um, some lyrics and like a riff to the the practice the one day and we were going through it and we were trying to figure it out me sam and chris and like in the back of my head i was like ah like there's something here but like i feel like this isn't like the fully evolved version of it like he had like a a chorus and a verse basically and he had a line in there that said something about a flash of lightning going across the sky and that relating to like how long something lasted yeah. kind of thing, like a relationship or how long somebody was in your life or 
whatever. And that stuck with me, like just as a concept. And one day brought it to the basement with the lyric sheet that he had written and the basic idea for the chords and everything. And it all came out at once and I brought it back to them and they were just like, yeah, that's it. And shortly after that's when the, we found out about the contest and then we just decided to take it per, uh, personally. <laughs> we take it. Um, we took it personally. We took it. Uh, uh, seriously, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. So why dress up in dresses? I guess other than a play on words. Yeah, like, well, like we were just thinking about it. Like we had to do something for the video. Oh, yeah. And like we just decided to like it's called summer dress and it's about a girl that you saw in a summer dress and how you're kind of dodging the idea of who she is based on like just like that memory that like the picture perfect memory mm-hmm. of like seeing somebody for the first time and kind of like falling for them or whenever shock factor i guess (laughs) just kind of holding on to just that image of the dress men's legs and kind of just displaying it on to ourselves like and then we thought you've almost become the dress you know that's a good point well yeah like kind of going for the symbolic value and the uh Mm -hmm. the visual yeah of my nice legs did you guys have to buy yeah. dresses or did you? Oh, yeah. We oh, uh, yeah. went out to our local <laughs> yeah, she was... Valley Village. and I remember that. Rosy cheeked. <laughs> what did the uh, what did the cashier say when you walk up to oh, the, we, we were getting, to the we counter? Were, and... We were trying to dress it on in the middle of the aisle and we were getting looked at everybody. <laughs> cashier was into it. Cashier was oh, into yeah. it. <laughs> she gets the vision. All the ladies behind us in line, though, just... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Men can go in and buy (laughs) No, it's more just the fact of uh, four guys just in the line, like, trying on, like, (laughs) oh, would this dress look good on you? It's just not something you see that often. Yeah, (laughs) we're not even picking out, like, you know, hot dresses. We're picking out dresses that got, like, ugly-ass patterns and stuff, you know? Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. So... For bandits and for yourselves individually as musicians, Spotify, where can music, people go online to connect to connect with you guys, listen to your music, and see see what you guys are about? I mean, I started a couple pages. Um, we're mainly on Facebook and Instagram under at We Are Bandits Band. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Spotify, Apple Music. Yeah, we're on YouTube. You can find us. We just did a cover of Your Graduation by Modern Baseball. One of our favorite songs. Yeah. Um, oh, and yeah, yeah. Get a Life yeah, will be out today, yeah, right? Yeah. Too. That'll be on. Uh, yeah, Get a Life yeah. drops today. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go check out Apple Bandits Music. on Spotify. Click on Get a Life. Maybe Title. turn it on in the car. Don't crash your car. Drive safe. Yeah, drive safe. But drive still safe. crank it and jam out. Yeah, but still crank it. Crank that shit. Turn it to 11. Beautiful. Um, yeah. trying to think what else, what else do we need? Um, what about mm-hmm. all you guys individually? If, uh, we don't, we don't know if there's many like prospective musicians that listen to this cause we don't have that kind of information, but if there is, Could be. here's a question. If there is people who are interested in pursuing starting a band or a career in music or even just making music for themselves, what's, 
What's think, your uh, advice to those people starting well, out? Creatively, I feel like your design work has got to be kind of similar where it's it's really competitive. Like everybody wants into it. And like, mm-hmm. especially if me and Zach were talking the other day, if you're trying to get into something like car design, like you're against some of the best designers of the best. And that's kind of what you face in every creative industry because everybody wants to be in a creative arts kind of thing. Like if you're a creative person. So I would say just do what you do and be true to yourself. And what I've always thought is that like, if you do truly vibe with what you're creating, whether it's like a painting or like a car design or a song, like if, if you truly like love it and enjoy it, then there's others that are like you. There's 8 billion people. Nobody's, I don't think anybody's like great. There, there's a market somewhere. Anyone as on long this as you're who's like, like fully in belief, what it takes to like everybody's work to and where they are. That doesn't like, even mean that you have to be like, great. Yeah, that it just pretty means fast. You, I don't you know, know you have what it takes to be consistent and want to pursue that more than the average person. Joe Rogan eats milk. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. Usain Bolt's pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, Jargon eats elk. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> uh, so, is that is it that would that anybody else have advice for prospective musicians, whether it's a drummer, g- guitarist, singer, bass player, triangle player, cowboy player? I'd say like biggest thing talk to people man and especially like you know um we all went chris wasn't directly in the program but he was basically in every class with us but we were uh in the music industry and arts program at fanshawe and like the biggest thing they always drilled into us was just like network like just anytime you can message someone anytime you can message someone and be like hey i'm me like here's my stuff, send me some of yours, like, you know, just create a network and keep, you know, put your name out there. Cause if you, yeah. if people don't know you and you're putting stuff out, there's no one's going to hear it. Right. Yeah. I also think like, uh, when it comes to, I find I see a lot of people when they're first starting out, it's, uh, they'll kind of just be like, Oh yeah, we're just starting out. Like we don't really know what to do. Like almost like have confidence in yourself. Like you want to look mo- more professional than you actually are. Like, and like, I find like some people will do this thing like, oh yeah, you know, like we're just like, we're all right. Like we're okay. Like we're not the best, but it's like, no, nah, like have the confidence to be like, yeah, no, yeah, no we're legit. No one wants to pay to go yeah. see an all right band. So yeah, literally. Yeah. Like, and I, <laughs> what I feel is like a lot of people yeah. get too caught up into the, the creative machine itself. It's like, oh, we have to come up with an idea. Oh, we have to come up with like a new original idea. It's like, yeah, that's important. But also what would you do? Like. I mean, like people are, would be coming to your page and be returning to your page for something yeah, I mean, like, because of using you, songwriting not because as an of example, like all this other stuff, like that might write, take a play in, but in the end they're coming like back for that your you content and you have to kind of do like write what put you yourself can, off in a way that like write what you know, like if you know play the four chords and make a song. Yeah. No, play what you know. Play what you know. Write what you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good line. That's it, yeah. Yeah, but if you've never been fishing, don't write a song about fishing. Exactly. That's a great analogy. 
Yeah, that was something my English teacher always <laughs> yeah, said to like me was, yeah, like, well, one one thing my English teacher always said to us was that, like, when, like, say you're reading a book or watching a oh. movie and stuff, like, a lot of movies and, like, art are created <laughs> based on, like, if it's not created on a book from somebody else, a lot of it's created on, like, the history of the writer. Like, say... I believe in you, Chris. Somebody's, like, parents were killed or something. It's like, if they wrote a book, like, yeah. it, like they, they would likely include... <laughs> I know, but, like, they would likely include something like that into, like, their book when they're writing. And, like, when you... I don't know what I'm trying to get at here, but... You just put in those personal like they write about what they know. Like I wouldn't write about something like that if that wasn't a pain that I knew fully, and like yeah. inward and outward, because that's how you create something that feels so real. Like, and that's what you want to strive. Yeah, basically, don't try and shoot for something that you. Yeah, don't Yeah, yeah, we're not like. out here writing sad breakup songs when we're not sad and breaking up because yeah, man. yeah. there's yeah there there is some memory you can write songs about, but if if you're happy singing it on stage, then it's not authentic anyways. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. yeah. Beautiful. Well, yeah. boys, I would want to extend a personal thank you for spending the time oh. with us and working through all the technical difficulties and uh yeah, and being great sports about it and coming back and <laughs> and doing this because it's been an absolute fucking blast. Yeah, it'll be... it's been an honor. Thank hey. you. We're gonna have to get you guys. Yes. Yeah, thank you so I've much. I've got it in the works actually. A later down yeah, the road we... when we didn't get to talk about dildos. Modeling my own. We didn't. No, that's why you guys have to come back. Next time. On the next episode with bandits. Can we get bandits branded dildos? Ooh, okay. He's working on the 3D model right now. We can't speculate. No comment. We're not... I got the marketing I'm already thinking of the graphics. man. Oh, <laughs> how much could they expect to spend on one of these bandit dildos look up for yeah, they're, like, they're not cheap it's <laughs> respectable though yeah locally sourced locally, <laughs> locally sourcing the same Sponsored it's the same like Mercedes x-ray ben. molds too it's the same molds <laughs> listen to the end for yo. your locally sourced <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now we we have talked about dildos. Now we can check that off. People might be uh, (laughs) might be less inclined to listen. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, who knows? We can call the episode um, "Locally Sourced Dildos." Bandit coin. You'll get so yes. many listens, and everyone's like, "What the hell, man? There's nothing." Yeah, in I could talk about crypto for hours. <laughs> Your dildo yeah, sales are so going insane. Go the roof. <laughs> stock awesome. ready. Yeah. So, yes. We're also going to turn <laughs> it into a coin, so look for that on the market. Uh, <laughs> crypto <laughs> Dildo yeah, coins have to come back on. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just get Chris Ma back <laughs> then, on and get him to talk about yes, crypto. Yes. <laughs> we'll just let him sit in front of a mic and just talk, and then we'll check back in every every hour or so. Unpack sure that. Unpack that. He's still breathing. <laughs> and sure enough, he probably yes, still will be. Just every hour, just come on with a yeah, I agree. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, totally. Hundred percent. Absolutely. I completely agree. Please extrapolate. That would be totally Yes, please. please <laughs> that idea. Just continue to elaborate for the next four hours. I'm going to go take a nap. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Awesome, boys. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, make sure, everyone who's listening, make sure that you check out Bandits on Apple Music, Spotify, Facebook, and Instagram. Listen to the songs, crank it in the car. And I guess best way for like community engagement is Instagram and Facebook for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At We Are yeah. Bandits Band. At We Are Beautiful. Bandits Band. Yeah. Beautiful. And then check yeah, make, sure make sure to link everything. Link nice. you guys below in the uh, in the show notes as well as everybody individually. Get all the band members and your associated musical instruments. Yeah. And uh, we'll get your socials too, actually, so that way people can connect with you guys on uh, on social media as well. Nice. Because that's important. Yeah. I think that's a pretty cool thing. Mm-hmm. And if any listeners have questions for Zach and I, send us an email to high.theprocesspodcast at gmail.com. Zach. Zach Watson, what is our Instagram? Process underscore underscore podcast. Go check it out. And yes, true. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Bandits with the Process. Yeah, I'm up for that. Thank you very much. And oh, here's a question. Are we no? (laughs) Can you link or can we we'd be able to put um your new song at the end of the episode? Yeah. Yeah, we'll send you the file. That'd be wicked. Is that something you guys would be willing to do? Yeah. I'd be down. I mean, we don't we don't make money off of this, so no. Hey, <laughs> no, but it's first, more just it's time about... we fully own the song, so we can do whatever the hell we want with it. Wow, but like uh, like it's more about directing people to our page. Yeah, like so, like they would hear this yeah. and then they hear the song and they'd be like, oh, and then they click on the link and then maybe they'd save the song. But if they don't have a they way better. to even hear the song in the first place, then they might not even go to listen to it. All right, well, yeah. uh, we'll so, make sure we awesome, get that yeah, sorted. All right, thank you, boys. And, uh, we appreciate it. Not a problem. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening and enjoy the new song by the Bandits. <gasps> <I'm sorry. laughs> no, no. Oh, shoot. We did the entire thing. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy Get a Life by Bandits. Peace.
it's getting late As the bottle runs dry But now it's pouring rain And I'm so drunk and high